Welcome to Tarot for the Wild Soul, a podcast that explores the tarot through an inclusive, soul-centered, trauma-informed perspective for growth, healing, and evolution. I'm your host, Lindsay Mack. Hello, Wild Souls, and welcome back to the pod. Happy solstice, happy almost end of the year, happy end to this um, seven year and opening to this eight year. Thank you so, so much for being here with me. It's always such an unbelievable honor to be traveling through this space with you. Um, I was just looking at my analytics for the year to date, and um, we've already hit 1.2 million downloads for this for not, year's not even finished yet. So um, from the bottom of my heart, for like across the board, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Um, I love all of you so much and I'm so, so thankful, um, for the hundredth time (laughs) that you're listening, that you're here, that we have new folks and old folks and that folks have gone their way and don't listen anymore. That's great too. Know how that goes. And, um, some folks have come back. Um, it's just really sweet to be here with all of you. Um, hoping that everybody's solstice is really rich really beautiful. I'm so ready to say goodbye to this year. Um, and, uh, yeah, just so ready to say goodbye. And for me, the solstice, um, and there's some other like root systems, belief systems and, and folk practices that totally back this up. But like for me, the kind of, um, passageway and threshold point into the new year really begins on the solstice um, right at the edge of the new year. And so this is really just a powerful time as we move into Capricorn season, the sign that ushers us from one year into another numerically to listen if we're able to reflect. I know for so many folks, their holiday season is super busy or it's like too lonely and they don't either in either direction, don't really feel like they have that space to reflect um, and to drop in, but I hope that, um, the solstice provides you with a safe, warm, comforting environment to do that. Um, I hope that you know that you can ask for what you need, take space, you know, really, really drill and root into your boundaries. You deserve them. Um, yeah, as you navigate this, this tricky time of the year, um, that also is really magical. So we have a very special episode today. Um, I was lucky enough to have the the delight and the pleasure of hosting my sweet friend, one of my besties, Jeff Henshaw, at my house. And uh, for a couple of days, we decided, listen, let's get the gang back together and let's record an end of the year podcast episode. I'm still having fucking total, uh, like day one, bullshit over here. Still having some trouble managing to interview people from afar. And I have a toddler and I, I can't, we still haven't taken the time to figure out what's going on. When to, when someone else is in my home (laughs) and is able to record, it works. So thank God. Um, but yeah, so they were here, uh, and it was so special. And this is the first like crossover episode 
So this episode is going to be on Cosmic Cousins podcast, which is Jeff's podcast too, albeit different intro from Jeff. Um, and we talk about a lot of fun and magical things, and I hope it's really helpful for all of you listening. Um, and yeah, before I close out uh, for the rest of this year, I'll be back with a January monthly medicine um, closer to January, obviously, <laughs> probably dropping on, on the 1st of January, um, maybe the day before I can, if I can get my shit together. Um, but yeah, I have a couple things open for enrollment now before we get to the episode. The threshold is still open for enrollment, which is a big channel download on the year ahead. Um, been doing this offering for many years now. It's one of the most best-selling popular thing I do and for good reason. It's very good. It's really useful. It's something I go back to through the year um, to get a sense of things, which is really cool. Um, I like being nourished by my own work, and that's fun to be able to receive that from it. Um, I'm teaching two live workshops over Zoom in January. One is Soul Tarot 101. Um, folks who sign up for that will get a beautiful pre-recorded offering um, with a video course, you know, big, massive workbook, um, Q and a database, and then they'll get to wrap up their work with that, uh, with me in a live call on January 20th, which is a Saturday. And then the next Saturday, January 27th, I'm teaching tarot anchoring, um, which is a brand new workshop that's live and all about that practice called tarot anchoring that I developed and folks will be able to be guided through a process and a practice of developing their own tarot anchors for the year ahead, um, sensing into their own tarot anchors for maybe tricky or difficult situations. And you can sign up for all of those offerings, learn more about them by going to the link on the show notes. So I think that's it. I'm really, really excited for another year ahead with all of you. I'm going to be teaching a lot of things live this year, which I'm really looking forward to. Self-guided courses was great when I was like pregnant and postpartum and first year in, but I'm missing, missing community and I'm missing teaching live. So I'm excited to come back to that this year. Um, and I'll be excited to serve anybody who feels interested in working with me. So yeah, I hope you enjoy the hell out of this episode. We had a lot of fun recording it. I hope that you move into 2024 as easily as possible. And I'm sending lots and lots of warmth and care to all of you. Love you all so much. Thank you so much for being here. Happy holidays. Merry solstice. Oh my God. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome yeah. to the first cross-pollinated episode of both Cosmic Cousins with Jeff Hinshaw and Tarot for the Wild Soul with Lindsay Mack. I mean, okay. Hey. Hey. Welcome. You're in my house. I'm so excited to be here. Oh my God. And really excited for this conversation that we're about to have. Me too. Me too. I, um, I have been unable to have any guests on because we have some weird issues with, um, like interviews when people are recording from afar, but so like the only way we've <laughs> been able to do anything is that someone's in my house. I'm so happy that you're here. Yeah. It's such an honor to be here. And 
we're set up really nice. Yeah, and we're cozy in my little nook. We've been pulling some cards and we have a special episode today that is for 2024. Yeah, we do. 2024, you're a year ahead. Um, so I kind of want to start first with like, we have a reading that mm-hmm. we're going to move through, but I'd love to start if it's okay with you with talking to you about like, how do you feel? I feel like we can both share about this. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about this past year, 2023? What has this seven year taught you? Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about this eight year that we're coming into? Yeah. What the seven year has really taught me, and I've I've had a lot of conversations with people in the relationship that the number holds to the double digit number mm-hmm. and its correlation. And I haven't fully felt into them until this year. Yeah. Where I was like, oh, the seven is definitely related to 16. Yes. And the tower card. Yes. It was undeniable for me the connection that those two cards had. Whereas in previous years, I could feel into it, but it wasn't as a parent. Yeah. Did you have that experience too? Yes, absolutely. Um, and for anybody listening who is like not sure what exactly Jeff is mentioning, um, this is uh, again an acknowledgement to Mary Kay Greer and their amazing work with birth card constellations. Um, but when you like, in terms of the constellation that Chariot is a part of, if you have tower, which is 16, you add up one plus six, you get seven. So tower and chariot are in the same constellation. I absolutely felt that mm-hmm. I, I did. And this year felt more like a tower year than I was expecting. I also feel like when I look back at nine years ago, when we also went through a chariot year, I believe, I believe, um, four, six, seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2014, mm-hmm. it was also completely tower for me. Yeah. It's what birthed me into this work. That was like my nervous breakdown year. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I, I think I knew related to seven, just how hard seven work is, but I, Oh, what a difficult year. There was so much loneliness and like, mm-hmm. I've never felt more lost or stuck. Yeah. It was just, and, and like wonderful things happened. Like, I'm so blessed. Like, I'm not complaining. It was just like, just an awful, like, it was kind of unbelievable. Yeah. Like, just really, um, the sevens to me are all about doing internal work around something that you're like, can this please just, can the needle move a little mm-hmm. bit here on this? Can like there be some change? Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. um, so anyway, but I, I yeah. cut you off and I would love to hear your feelings about. I don't about, think you did at all. Well, I wanted to hear your feelings about how you're feeling about eight year. Well, let's, I kind of want to say a little bit about seven and this will also lead us into eight because I think this could be a thought experiment for all of us. Yeah. Which is really, if you resonate with your elements of your big three, mm-hmm. taking that minor arcana that is associated with a suit so for me as an Aquarius, sword suit, yeah. connecting into the seven of swords feels really relevant Ooh. for me for Ooh. 2023. Yeah. So moving into 2024, I'm like, okay, I could look at eight of swords and my, how me as an Aquarius might be relating to the number eight. And then I have a Virgo moon, so I could also be connecting into seven of pentacles and then eight of pentacles as a way to 
to yeah. work with eight. So just bringing in some of the elementations which we're, we're going to do today, we're actually going to be, we've pulled a card for each of the four elements mm-hmm. and that's going to be part of our structure for our time together. But, um, that's something that I like to do as a thought experiment is bringing in the minors associated with it, which I was kind of hearing from you when you were saying uh, about moving through the seven, I was feeling not only the chariot and the tower, but I was also thinking about the four sevens and the minor. I mean, this year was nothing if not a seven of wands year for me. I never knew when to hold, when to fold, when to do, when to not do. There were many times where I felt like I feel like you and I talked about this. Like I felt like I couldn't like trust my intuition anymore Mm -hmm. because I, I think I was like, Oh, I think, I I think I could try this and then it would all kind of crumble. I never, I just, and I, I really connect with that with the seven of wands. Like there's a real sense of like hypervigilance and Mm -hmm. like, do I go, do I stay, do I arm or do I drop the armor? Like what do, and it's exhausting. Yeah. And I think so much of the wands is about like how to hold and honor and regulate the energy rather than spilling it all out or saving it all or like, you know, whatever. So, and Lindsay is saying seven of wands because you are double fire and you're big three. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then for sure, seven of pentacles because I'm a Virgo rising. That like just was my year. It's genius. But I'm thinking about you for 2024 and the things that you have coming up feel really good actually eight of wands they do and eight of pentacles that feels very supportive for very. what you have coming up i i can rest in that yeah. i'd love to make a pot of tea and hang out with those two yeah <laughs> that's nice me okay. on the other hand the eight of swords i'm like oh but that's <laughs> so good for you free yeah you're free yeah even though it like feels like there's a binding right you can walk you're mm-hmm. free absolutely it's a freeing it's yeah. so good. And eight of pentacles, you're like you've wanted eight of pentacles. You've mm-hmm. been looking for that. Yeah. Like what to devote yourself to. You've wanted yes. that spark for such yeah. a long time. Yeah. So already, before we even get into the cards that we pulled, <laughs> you already have a few cards for you to be connecting in with. That's so true. Yeah. Especially for those of you that have like three different elements in your big three. That's fun. Yeah. 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 That's cool. fun. Okay. So, so yeah, eight year. Eight year. Strength here, mm-hmm. which also connects us to, you know, I love it. Seventeen, which mm-hmm. is the star. Yep, I'm here for it. Thank fucking God. I hope, I fucking hope <laughs> that, you know, I I I have to say I'm I'm bouncing around. What I was going to say is I hope that just like this trash dumpster fire of a year felt like more of a tower year than it. Yeah, it did feel like chariot. I also felt tower as we mentioned. I hope I feel the star just as much as I did the tower this year. Well, I literally had like actual examples of chariot tower. You did. In January of 2023, my landlords came to me, which just some like background. When I moved into my apartment, they were like, we're looking for someone to live here for three to five years. So I moved in with that pretense. I'd only been there for a year and a half, but I was already planning to like paint the living room. And like, I was really nesting in. And literally first month of 2023, they came to me and they're like, we're going to be doing construction underneath of your apartment and you have to leave. And I checked in with my rights as a tenant. And if there's any construction on the house, that's out of your hands and you have no rights as a tenant. So literally I started the year off with a very tower moment that was connected to themes of home and family, which Chariot is also connected to. Yeah. And so my whole year just took a completely different turn than I could have ever planned. So I had a very literal representation of that. 
So knowing that we're moving into a strength and star year, you use the word hope, which is a word we would associate with a star. That's like the verb phrase I use for the star is I hope. And for the strength card, I would say I create or I will. Yeah. Uh, So those are some verb phrases for us to be tapping into in 2024. I think the thing that keeps coming up for me, because I, in doing the threshold and the big um, channel download that I do for the year ahead, which is available in, in the show notes, if you're interested for my podcast anyway, um, there is a sense of the medicine of the year is very interesting. It's much brighter and much more expansive than 2023, but there's still like tricky you know, there's still bits to it. It's a Pluto heavy year for, for sure. sure. It's like, you know, but, um, the thing that I kept coming back to again and again was just the heart of it. Like, I feel like star is a heart healer. It's like the biggest heart healer we have. And I feel like strength is all about keeping the heart soft and open and somewhat undefended as we face whatever lion Mm -hmm. is showing up within ourselves or outside of ourselves. So I feel like we transform through returning to the heart. And that does feel in many ways, like any, the eight, like the, the largest kind of North star, I guess, of the eight year that we have coming up. And from an astrological perspective, it is highlighting the Leo Aquarius polarity, which are the card, the signs associated with strength in the star. Yeah. Yeah. And there is some um, definite movement in both Leo and Aquarius in 2024, which we'll get into in a bit. Yeah. 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 It makes me think of that when I sense into hope. I feel like it's been a pretty hopeless time. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, yeah, interested to see what that looks like without engaging in like, magical thinking like still staying right. rooted in the reality of the moment but yeah yeah love it it's genius yeah. i love thinking about the miners yeah i never would have thought about that so do we want to dive into like the cards that we pulled for fire signs for yes. 2024? so fire signs just mm-hmm. as a reminder for us this is aries leo and sagittarius and so i would recommend not only thinking about your big three But for me, I have a lot of fire in my chart, Mm -hmm. a lot of Aries and Sagittarius. So this might also speak to any planets that you have in these signs too. So really we're connecting to your entire birth chart by connecting to the four different elements. Mm -hmm. And so some of this feels like messaging for the fire in my chart or the fire in your chart or whoever's listening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. So we pulled cards from... Tarot of the Holy Spectrum by Chase Voorhees. I pulled those. Mm-hmm. So I pulled the tarot element. And we also pulled cards from Jeff's brand new Astro Oracle. That's right. Yeah. Which is gorgeous and brilliant. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a nod to the traditional tarot with 78 cards plus three bonus cards. So there's 81 cards total, but it's a completely... Um, astro-focused deck. So um, there's cards for each planet and asteroid. There's cards for each sign. And it expands beyond that too. It's super, super, super beautiful and reads so beautifully. Um, And as somebody who like uh, is like, I don't know, long time listener, first time caller level with astrology, (laughs) like I know what I need to know about it. Mm -hmm. It's already... um, 
been so informative and interesting. And I feel like every time I pull, I'm like, oh, I need to know more about that related to this. So it's just a wonderful way to get more clear on astrology and I love the way you teach astrology. So it's just wonderful, obviously. Yeah. Um, So yeah, we pulled from those two energies. And so we're going to be kind of talking about the way they weave in and out of each other. Um, So yeah, for fire signs, I, we pulled Mars. Mars from the Cosmic Cousins deck. And I pulled Queen of Pentacles from Tarot of the Holy Spectrum. It's an interesting combo. And Lindsay, you were talking about how you were, feeling that cards from my deck. Actually, would you like to explain how you were feeling into it? Yeah. The way that it made sense after the first pull, I was kind of like, okay, I'm curious. And then after the second pull for earth signs that we'll get into in a few minutes, I was like, Oh, now you have my attention. Like I was Mm -hmm. like, this is very interesting. So I think what really made sense to me was thinking about them as in basically Jeff's, deck being lifting up and providing the experience, the temperature, like how it will feel Mm -hmm. and what seemed to be coming through around the deck that I was pulling is like, well, what is the medicine? What is the rest point? What is the refuge that we can take? How do we, um, like if we're running this particular kind of race, what water bottle are we drinking from and Mm -hmm. getting rehydrated around? That's what felt pretty um that made sense to me and it Mm -hmm. felt like it tracked for both of us yeah um so why don't we talk a little bit about mars please um what i find interesting about this is that in 2024 the whole year the north node of fate is in aries so this whole year north node of fate represents evolution in our life so aries is going through an evolution so we're talking about the fire signs um the eclipse axis is connected to the nodes of fate. So we have eclipses in Aries season Mm -hmm. and then six months later in Libra season this year. And so whatever placements we have in Aries are having an opportunity to grow, to evolve, to expand. So those with like Aries sun, like you, Lindsay, uh, you'll have the North node of fate transit your sun this year. So it is, that only happens once every 18 and a half years. What? Yeah. This is like a major year for Aries in general. But the fact that we got Mars for the fire signs, it does feel like knowing Mars is what this, what sign Mars is in throughout the year is important for fire signs. So pay particular attention to that. Mm -hmm. Um, As we record this right now, Mars is in Sagittarius and it's going to move from Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, Pisces, all the way Mars is zipping this year until it gets to Leo towards the end of the year when Mars will station retrograde in Leo. Um, and so the exact date that Mars stations retrograde, it's interesting just knowing what's going to be going on politically in the U.S. Mars enters Leo on November 3rd mm-hmm. and then will station retrograde on December 6th. And so we end 2024 with a Mars retrograde. Oh my God. Yeah. So that's kind of like a build up towards the end of the year. Um, but essentially, Mars is a planet of not only the keywords we know are like action, ambition, yeah. drive, but the card in the Cosmic Cousins Astro Oracle actually shows someone that's quite grounded, um, that has a compass around their neck. And it looks like they're like in a cavern or like a canyon or on Mars, and they have a wolf by their side with red mm-hmm. eyes, which a wolf is associated with Mars. 
And then there's like a flying object in the background. Mm -hmm. Um, But Mars is really an invitation to drop in to your center. It's going to, I connect to Mars in a lot of similar ways as the emperor Mm -hmm. um, and to, it's a lot of root chakra. Yes. Like coming into the self, but still having direction. So you can think of having a compass. So being intentional and also instinctive in your action. And so while the North Node of Fate is in Aries this whole year, we are all doing this, but it's highlighting this for the fire signs. So I'm, I'd be curious what some of that's bringing up for you, even as an Aries, Lindsay, and how the Queen of Pentacles might feed into that. I mean, it's all resonating and all sounds really welcome and beautiful. Like, I think there really has been a sense for a lot of folks of like the pilot light (laughs) kind of feeling like it's Mm -hmm. going out a bit. Like I think as a fire sign, that's such a driving force for me. So anything that can reignite that Mm -hmm. is great. Yeah. Um, To me, I know that Queen of Pentacles is, is to me anything that we're talking about like the root, if we're talking about literal roots, I I associate emperor with trees. A lot of the time Mars really feels very connected to emperor for me too. Um, I think that when we are dropped into queen of pentacles and when we think about it as, as a refuge, it's really just profound attention and care and presence and on the, on the physical vessel, on the Mm. body. So when we think about Queen of Pentacles, at least in Soul Tarot, we're thinking about anything that feels like it's larger than you that is holding you through an experience. So we have that anytime we're in a body of water, anytime we're allowing ourselves to be held or cradled or rocked, anytime we are, you know, laying down on grass, even frankly on the floor of wherever we are, there's a sense of of holding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that Queen of Pentacles is really rooted in that kind of level of attention. It's not like, and if anybody really is nourished by this, there's no judgment, but it's not like sort of a bubble bath sense of self-care as a bath person myself. I like, you know, whatever, but it really is, it meets you at your level. It's accessible. There's no like cost Mm -hmm. prohibitiveness to it. It really just is like this chair that I'm sitting in is holding me right now Mm -hmm. and can connect me to queen of pentacles. But it really is like being in nature and allowing yourselves to be allowing yourself to be held. Um, In soul tarot, it's a completely treat the court card ruling very differently than most schools of thought do. Um, so in soul tarot, we look to the Queens as actually being connected to the cardinal signs. Interesting. Yeah. So if we think about queen of pentacles as being connected to Capricorn Mm -hmm. and this idea of like, I take care of this vessel, I nurture this vessel. I take, you know, I, the other thing that's, that's, um, coming up for me too, is like Mars really connects me a lot to the theme of lightning like an mm. action and things shifting and mm-hmm. sh- it also reminds me of like you're honest too yeah but when i think about the idea of mars and so much action like being reminded that all that has to get channeled like through the body and like yeah. we just may need a lot of extra earthy muddy yeah. support this year yeah 
Yeah. So maybe we could be particularly interested when Mars is in Earth signs this year. So just to give you some dates, Mars does enter Capricorn this year on January 4th. So we're really, we're, we're actually starting the year with Mars in Sagittarius, January 1st, conjunct the galactic center, which is found at 27 degrees of Sagittarius. And that's a whole nother rabbit hole there. But, um, Mars enters Capricorn on January 4th and will stay in this cardinal earth sign until February, February 13th. Mm-hmm. So that first month and a week, six weeks of, of 2024, Mars and Capricorn is a very, it can be a very productive energy. Yeah. Um, and then it will move through Aquarius, Pisces and Aries. But when does it enter the next earth sign? June 9th, Mars enters Taurus and will be in Taurus until July 20th. Mm. So, just since we got Queen of Pentacles and Mars for fire signs, we're highlighting those dates for you as potential either productive times or just connecting to the earth element in a new way. Yeah. Um, and also I would say for the fire signs, this is an invitation to get to know Mars in your own birth chart too. And maybe mm. uh, checking in with Mars this year as an ally for you. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Okay. Fire signs. <laughs> Do you feel like you're ready to drop into earth signs? I think so. I think that's a nice segue. We Me were already too. talking about the earth. So yeah. yeah. Do you want to talk about the card you pulled? Yeah. So maybe we'll introduce the two cards we pulled and then I'll talk about mine first. It's like Sounds kind really of the, yeah. the rhythm. It seems like it's going. So we pulled judgment from Tarot of the Holy Spectrum and interpersonal awareness from Cosmic, Cosmic Cousins. Yeah. So this is really interesting to pull for the earth signs. Um, I don't always associate interpersonal awareness with the earth signs, but all elements have this relational awareness. And so there are three tiers of relational awareness. It's personal awareness, interpersonal awareness, and then transpersonal awareness. And so interpersonal awareness does bring more focus towards one-on-one interactions, um, which is interesting because we started out with the fire signs talking about the north node of fate being in Aries, well, if the North Node's in Aries, the South Node is in Libra, mm. which is a sign of interpersonal awareness. And so this is a reminder to be mindful of our connections with others. It encourages us to take a closer look at our relationships and to consider how we can communicate more effectively and cultivate deeper connections. Um, so I'll pause there. I'm curious what judgment's bringing into the conversation, and yeah. then we'll go a little bit deeper. But um yeah, this is this is, the image on the card shows two kind of like spiritual figures. They're like not actual human figures, but you can see the silhouette of them gently gazing at each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like the I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but I feel like if somebody asked me and I've mentioned this on the podcast before, <laughs> the water lean. Mm-hmm. Um if somebody asked me what card is most representative of the energy of an eclipse, I would say judgment to be sure. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Just personally, it really makes sense to me. And so I think I won't necessarily bring that forward, but I do think that inside of, I think if we're thinking about the idea that personal awareness, interpersonal awareness is part of what the earth signs are really looking at moving through, um, so much of judgment, it's ruled by Pluto. It's a major Pluto 
forward gear, as you've mentioned. Um, and I think the medicine of it really has to do with letting us know that for these particular signs, it might be important and likely will be important to look at what has either separated them from feeling like they can drop in more deeply interpersonally, whether that be generationally, whether that be sort of cross-culturally, whether that like kind of across the board, but really lets us know that in order to drop into the level of interpersonal connection and awareness that I think this year is bringing them into, um, I think judgment lets us know that it's clearly something that there's going to be some pretty major work on because judgment is all up. Like I think the sun and judgment, the sun comes right before judgment and the golden dawn ordering of the major arcana. And it's interesting because the sun is our first point of light sort of hitting the mountain and the rising and the beginning of a new cycle that mm. I think really this cycle starts when we choose to leave the chariot. Mm. at the end of line one we're really traveling in the deep forest and in the valley kind of until we get to the sun mm-hmm. and the sun is an understanding of like oh i am reborn i have traveled i have changed mm-hmm. judgment is like i have changed and now that changes the way i interact with others mm-hmm. that changes the way i think like when i look generationally as pluto is a generational planet at how I'm different from my child's generation versus my grandparents versus my parents. Like, what am I taking with me? What am I not? It does. I think judgment is profoundly interpersonal. So really there can't be that level Mm -hmm. without the willingness to dig deep and excavate. Well, what, what makes me hold on to the things I do? What makes me shy away from the connections I want to have? What makes me lean in? when, Mm -hmm. you know, or, or lean back or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. So I think there's no way, basically, I mean, we talked about strength in eight years being so heart connected. I don't really think there's Mm -hmm. any way, not that I'm saying that, like, I mean, I'm a Virgo rising, like the spotlight's on me for this, but I do think for earth signs, it is going to be, it's not a fluffy sense of interpersonal connectedness. (laughs) Like it's definitely going to bring them us into some pretty deep spaces. Yeah. How does that resonate with you as a, as a Virgo moon? Yeah. I mean, it makes a lot of sense to me. And just as a reminder the judgment card, astrologically speaking is connected to Pluto. Yeah. And so Pluto is in its final degrees of Capricorn right now. Um, so Capricorn's an earth sign and here is the earth element, Taurus, Virgo, Capricorn getting, Pluto or a judgment for for your card of the year. And just as like some little reminders for us, Pluto is in the final degrees of Capricorn and enters Aquarius, which is a much more social energy. Makes me think of like a more interpersonal dynamic of having conversations. Um, Pluto enters Aquarius on January 20th and then we'll go back into Capricorn on September 1st. Mm. Uh, so we start the year with Pluto and Capricorn and then the end of the year, Pluto goes back into Capricorn and then we'll re-enter Aquarius for good for the next 20 years on November 19th of 2024. So we're in this kind of liminal space or transitional space between 
this deep transformational intergenerational healing energy of Pluto transitioning from Earth, where it's been since 2008, into air with Aquarius. And so when I look at this interpersonal awareness card, we said it's we see two people gently gazing at each other, but it's like spiritual spiritual entities looking at each other. And it's reminding me on the judgment card, how the traditional like Rider-Waite-Smith image shows a family. It's usually like a mom and a dad or two parents and their child across from a body of water gazing at another family, or they're not gazing at each other. They're actually all looking up towards source. Mm. Um, and what I find really interesting about this is that Pluto entering Aquarius, it's not necessarily, Pluto's not at home in Aquarius. Pluto is the modern ruler for Scorpio and Scorpio and Aquarius actually square each other. And I, so I think bringing awareness to that square and just this relationship that Pluto and Aquarius have and don't have with each other is intriguing because Pluto rules over the underworld. Underworld meaning as in ancestral energy, the past. Uh, we could think of the underworld as the things that we want to keep hidden and mm -hmm. don't want to talk about. Yeah. Um, Aquarius is not connected to the underworld. Aquarius is actually more connected to the heavens. And it's a very like cerebral energy. Aquarius does much better with universal truths. Mm -hmm. Like Aquarius is like, we are all one. And Pluto's like, literally there are some shitty people on this planet. Mm-hmm. And so how do we reckon with these two energies of the underworld and what's up above? Mm -hmm. So Pluto entering Aquarius is going to have us really looking at the underbelly of these greater universal truths that we have. Mm. Um, so this showing up for earth signs, getting interpersonal awareness and judgment. It's like, it does feel like there's going to be opportunities to have conversations with other people that are allowing us to go deeper it's like deeper intimacy with one another, getting really real about the realities of the world that we live in yeah. and having community support around that, being able to collaborate with someone through your work, through your offering. So some things might be brewing up for earth signs this year of ways for you to channel your ways of being productive and of service that are also including others because we really need to be having conversations right now and yeah. working together. Yeah. So earth signs can sometimes maybe isolate themselves from community or other people and really just want to have like create a safe life for themselves and be like hardworking and productive, yeah. but you can't do it alone. That's mm -hmm. really what these cards are telling me. And like actually having that intimacy with other people might be confronting too. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have judgment, Pluto energy coming in here too, but that's where the work is. Yeah. And sorry to focus on work for earth signs, but like that <laughs> tends to be how it works. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oof. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. yeah. Should we move on to air signs? Yeah, I think I'm ready. So we pulled for air signs, ace of wands from Holy Spectrum and seventh house from Cosmic Cousins. Yeah. Do you want me to start with tarot this time? Or would you yeah, like to start? Yeah, let's do tarot first. I mean, Ace of Wands is like, start with me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really beautiful because both of them are, I think, really like jumping off of one another so nicely, yeah. these two poles. But clearly there's definitely something intuitively that air signs are moving through that's pitching them much more toward collaborative 
interpersonal as well. I would say like toward relationships and dynamics and (laughs) you okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that ace of wands is an incredibly beautiful energy to lean on and to let be a support throughout that. So the wands, at least in soul tarot, are not necessarily about what we normally ascribe the wands to. Um, it's not to say they're not about like fire and passion and creativity and all of that stuff, but they're also not necessarily they're they're they both can be that, and they also can be something completely separate from that. In in my view, wands are really where we get to learn about the pilot light that drives us that stays and remains sort of on and available whenever we need to turn the burner on full blast, if we need to simmer something. So the wands really teach us, if we look at every wand card, we really see inside of every wand card how to hold and maintain and utilize and relate to the energy and the capacity that we have available within us in relationship to that thing. So really we see There's embarking, there's creating, there's initiating in the wands, but it's really more about how we work on kind of not blowing out our whole gas tank if we're having to wait for something. It's how, you know, in the five of wands, how not to completely blow our fuse if something isn't creatively going in the ways that we hoped. Um, You know, every time we move through a wand in any way, shape, or form. It's really about kind of being aware of the literal pilot light, our adrenals, how we're doing with something. So any ace that we work with is, we can think about it as spirit kind of handing an element down, but there being a crucial ingredient of us having to reach and grab that element and do something with it. So it's really where that collaborative initiation Mm. kind of comes together And in my opinion, because the aces really kick off the flow of the minors, ace of wands is really like, hey, a new project, a new foundation, a new cycle is beginning here. Let's check in. Let's turn toward the pilot light. Let's turn toward the flame within. Where are you? How are you? Do you have what you need? Mm -hmm. Do you have what you need? Are you a tiny ember? Are you a massive bonfire? And if so, and likely somewhere in between, what's the quality of flame? Is it controlled, uncontrolled? Like, where are we? Is there enough oxygen? Like, does it have everything it needs Mm. in order to thrive? Because if we're a tiny ember, we probably can't handle a lot of weight, density, dirt, water. We don't want that, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes water is really needed. So I think... When I think about seventh uh, house and that being really about like the interpersonal and relational, mm-hmm. it seems really powerful to me, especially for air signs when you're an air sign. So please yeah. correct me or pitch me over if I'm not quite being like air signs are extremely connected interpersonally, I would say in a general way. Mm-hmm. But this seems to be that ace of wands is a really powerful North star around like, but what do you need? Like, yeah. where are you? And like, how can you not take shit on that you don't need to take on? Yeah. How can you come back home to yourself as you think about clearly expanding inside of this area of connection? Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting because 
what you're describing, actually, the two cards we got are highlighting, again, like just for the fire signs, the North Node of Fate being an Aries, which the Ace of Wands is very connected to Aries, I would yeah, say. definitely. And South Node of Fate is in Libra, which is connected to the seventh house. And so both fire and air signs in 2024, there was a focus on this polarity of the North Node being in Aries, South Node being in Libra. Mm -hmm. And so how can we continue to be in dialogue and relationship with one another while also going towards our own sense of self and identity and mm -hmm. our own individual purpose? So I, when you were talking about like tending to the flame, you said something about like oxygen and the breath. And I was just thinking about that connection that it has to the air signs. So there's been kind of, we've kind of been building off of each other, but um, seventh house the card actually looks very similar to the interpersonal awareness card. Mm. So there is something in relating with one another this year. Yeah. And seventh house um, would be what's setting in your chart. And so whatever is opposite the polar sign to your rising sign is what's in the seventh house in your chart. So like for me as an Aquarius rising, Leo is in my seventh house. So it's all, it's, the polarity. So there's also something about polarity here of getting to know the integration of different parts of the self. Um, so for air signs, Gemini, Libra, Aquarius, there are some transits and air signs this year that feel kind of major to highlight. Uh, Jupiter does enter Gemini this year. Uh, we have the Jupiter-Uranus conjunction in Taurus, and that's on April 20th, 420, the first day of Taurus season. So Earth signs also be looking out for that. I meant to mention that uh, when we're connecting to the Earth. But then uh, Jupiter enters Gemini on May 25th this year. Mm. And we end the year and it takes us into 2025 with Jupiter and Gemini. And so just thinking about the air signs and seeing the seventh house card, which is, again, it looks similar to the interpersonal awareness card. It's two people gazing into each other's eyes, except these actually look like people, not like spiritual entities. Uh, and it's the sun setting because the seventh house represents what's setting in our chart. So it's relationship, mm -hmm. connection with others. And Jupiter entering Gemini does feel like a really powerful time for us to be expanding and growing through collaboration, communication, writing. So Whatever you have in Gemini from May 25th into 2025 will have opportunities for growth and abundance. I'm thinking about um, your Gemini Midheaven, Lindsay, mm -hmm. and I know that you likely will be doing a lot of writing next year. Gemini's connected to writing. So writing, having conversations with other people, mm -hmm. whether it's on podcasts or just in your local and immediate surroundings, Gemini is connected to our immediate surroundings. Um, these, this is, it's highlighting Jupiter and Gemini for me, for you, air signs. Mm. Yeah. I also think it's really powerful to think about the idea of seventh house, both as a place of connection, but also as a place of endings, mm. completions, mm -hmm. and ace as being something that's being initiated and sparked off. Yeah. Like it feels like a really powerful year for D deep completions and new beginnings for air signs. I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. I want that for y'all. And even just thinking Roll about Pluto that. entering Aquarius too. Huge. Yeah. 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 Huge. I loved what you shared. I didn't get to speak on that about like Pluto and Aquarius bringing, um, 
like these just important need for conversations around like, how do we ground the universal truths in the reality mm-hmm. of that? And yeah, just really, really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing very intelligent to say. Just, I loved it. No. <laughs> it was great. It reminded me of, have you ever heard the um, poem, Good Bones by Maggie Smith? I don't think so. It's no. great. It's great. It reminds me of that. Should we read it? Yeah. That feels very air element of us to pull up a poem and it actually will segue us into water quite nice too. Um, I'll look this up. Yeah. I love the Ace of Wands for air signs too, though, because air signs, fire signs, you will all have the North Node of Fate trining your fire if it's Leo or Sag or transiting your Aries. Air signs, you'll have the South Node of Fate and Libra trining your air. So... South node, as you're saying, is release, endings, letting go of. Yeah. But the north node says new beginnings, and that's the ace of wands. So there is something about new beginnings and letting go of what no longer serves. And it could even be like letting go of relationships that no longer serve you. And so stepping into your own power and individuality could mean that you're setting boundaries with other people or letting relationships go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so here is Good Bones by Maggie Smith. I feel like I read a poem every time we are in conversation with one another, whether on your podcast or mine. Life is short, though I keep this from my children. Life is short, and I've shortened mine in a thousand delicious, ill-advised ways. A thousand deliciously ill-advised ways I'll keep from my children. The world is at least 50% terrible, and that's a conservative estimate, though I keep this from my children. Mm -hmm. For every bird, there is a stone thrown at a bird. For every loved child, a child broken, bagged, sunk in a lake. Life is short, and the world is at least half terrible, and for every kind stranger, there is one who would break you, though I keep this from my children. I'm trying to sell them the world. Any decent realtor walking you through a real shithole, chirps on about good bones. This place could be beautiful, right? You could make this place beautiful. Mm. Chills. That reminds me a lot of what you were talking about with Pluto and Aquarius. It's like... 50%. Yeah. It's like 50% good, 50% bad, yeah. It is like just this hope and this dream Mm -hmm. while also reckoning with the reality. It's also... parenting to be sure like definitely very accurate and i think like for a lot of air sign people pluto entering aquarius it's like a huge reality check for air signs who Mm. tend to be like a bit more um focused on maybe the positive or the good in the world i think y'all are i mean you're an air i'm not arguing with i feel like it's like the potential yeah what it could be all of the dreamers yeah you mm-hmm. are like you are. Mm-hmm. I think like even more. And I love, I mean, no disrespect to water. I mean, I think yeah. water lives in that realm too, but sure. I think air is, I mean, yeah, it's what's possible. Like they really see. And you know? it's part of the gifts of air too, is yeah. to bring the lightness yeah, and the levity and the um, fresh breeze mm-hmm. that reminds us that there is light in the dark. It makes me think of Gemini a lot, which is like that polarity of light and dark. Yeah. How do I communicate dark parts of the soul in an airy and uplifting way that lifts people's spirits yeah. while still acknowledging the pain and the hurt yeah. and the trauma? Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot to hold. Can I just say 
This might be pretty ignorant of me, but I did not know Maggie Smith was also a poet. Different Maggie Smith. (laughs) Yeah, different Maggie Smith. I should have mentioned that. No, not Dame Maggie Smith, but just (laughs) Maggie Smith. Yeah. I'm like (laughs) going straight to Windy and Hook. Of course, yeah. And like, what is she would have totally said this too. Yeah, I know. Sounds like her words, actually. (laughs) Okay, so there's two Maggie Smiths. There's two Maggie Smiths. I'll bet you there are a lot in the world. Uh, Yeah, two different. Maggie I know a Maggie Smith, actually. That's funny. Yeah. Oh, it's great. <laughs> I'll bet life is difficult for people with that name. Yeah. Wow. Like In, trying to find email addresses, totally. websites. Yeah. Difficult. Jupiter entering Gemini too this year is kind of what we're talking about now, like kind of mm. twin energy, doubling of energy, like mistaking information for something else, thinking Maggie Smith was a different one. Like there's just some, there could <laughs> be, there could be some, you know, crossroads of like, which way do I go? You know, yeah. Gemini does bring in that. So, okay. Air signs. Yeah. You had us reading poetry. I feel so yeah. right. I mean, I I love poetry so much, and anytime I can pull out a poem, I'm happy about it. My air my air quality now is like, we should have a poem for each sign. The we quality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, now we're on to water. I feel like of all of the four, this one's the most maybe grave. Mm. Grave isn't quite the right word. I think um, tender. There's hmm. some tenderness here for the water right. signs. Yeah. We love I'm you, curious. water. Oh, Cancer, you Scorpio, water. Pisces, we love you. We love you. Thank you. Thank so you much. for being here. Ugh. My whole my whole family is water signs. That's right. Kiddo and partner. That's so right. beloved. I feel like we should start with I'm gonna read the cards we pulled. I feel like mm. we should start with you, the card you pulled in the astrology first. Yeah. Sure. Um, because I'm curious to see how the astrology will inform and kind of um, weave in here. Yeah. So the card I pulled from Terror of the Holy Spectrum is the Hierophant. The card that we pulled, that Jeff pulled from the Cosmic Cousins Astro Oracle is Cosmic Sea Goat. Yeah. Which is so interesting because... The sea, right? As water, this ocean, Mm -hmm. water element. And this is actually Capricorn's card Mm -hmm. in this deck, uh, which Capricorn is the sea goat. And so it's a mystical creature that symbolizes the union of the earth and water element coming together. And really, to me, represents evolution, like being a water creature that evolves into an earth creature. Mm. And so that evolution takes thousands and thousands of years so we're talking about like coming from this this ancient source of um i'm gonna say interconnectedness um and seeing cosmic seagoat whenever i get it it feels really grounding and very wise the cosmic seagoat holds the energy of water which water holds memory and so there is a psychic side to the cosmic seagoat of remembering the past Mm-hmm. And I don't mean just like yesterday or last year, but it's like a deep remembering. Yeah. But the goat side of it is an invitation into doing something with that, building something long term, like a legacy or structures or foundations. And so seeing the cosmic sea goat for you in 2024, it's an invitation to really get listen to your emotions which thinking of a strength here too i think Mm. is really about 
listening to your deeper desires or your deeper emotions instead of like pushing them away, actually allowing yourself to feel and, but not staying in the feeling, Mm -hmm. still continuing ahead, not at like a full speed ahead energy. This is showing up to each day, whether it's like the practical day-to-day things like meal prepping. Yeah. Or simply taking yourself out on a walk where you're being both physical, but also giving yourself that space to also to feel and to remember. And that Saturn is in Pisces right now too, which is interesting because Saturn is the ruling planet for Capricorn Mm -hmm. and Pisces is the deep ocean. So you kind of started our conversation off today reflecting on 2023 and you used the word lonely. Yeah. Saturn entered Pisces in March of 2023 and is a transit that is associated with loneliness. Saturn can be where we are uh, really coming to terms with the reality of our life. And in Pisces, it is this very deep contemplative energy. So Saturn in Pisces, it is associated with things like depression and loneliness, um, sobriety, because so, Pisces is yeah. like can be connected to drugs and alcohol, but Saturn says no. I'm setting boundaries there. So we have Saturn in Pisces for three years: 2023, 24, 25. And so while Saturn's in Pisces for the water signs, it's if you are a Pisces, this is a more Saturnian time for you. If you're Scorpio or Cancer, Saturn is also aspecting the water in your chart. But it's just interesting to get the cosmic seagull, which is so Saturnian or Capricorn. So that's what it's highlighting for us. Of course, there's always multiple things that we could talk about for each sign, but this is bringing a focus to Saturn, which I think actually does relate to the card that you pulled for water signs. Absolutely. Like as you were talking about that, the word that kept coming up for me, and I think it might also be because I know I have a Pisces child and my child is going to be two this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that two, three, four years old is when they start, when children start to individuate, right? Three is really when it starts to happen where there starts to be much more um, reclamation of sovereignty. Mm-hmm. And like, I want to do it. This is mine. This is my space, like pushing away mm-hmm. so that, there's a sense of clarity and safety and, you know, um, and individuation is the word that I kept feeling into while you were talking about, like, I feel like allowing yourself to feel like, um, Hierophant is ruled by Taurus. And I actually look to the first line of the majors hats off to Rachel Pollock, who pioneered that, uh, way of looking at them. But if we look at, you know, fool is kind of like in utero. And if we look at like magician as like being birthed and maybe the chariot as being graduation, maybe Mm. 18, 21 years old, like that big moment in life where you are, um, I, I guess maybe more in a classic sense, things are changing now based on a myriad of different factors. But like when you're kind of leaving the nest and you're off on your own, Hierophant starts that process of individuating and starting to think about what you've been taught, starting to think about like 
what are your beliefs and how do they actually differ from what you believe, your truth. Mm. As beliefs feel so true that we can really have a challenging time sussing in and out of them. Mm-hmm. As hierophants in general were historically um, priests who were said to know so many different languages, they were able to decode, they were able to... Um, uh, not decode, what is the word I'm looking for? Translate, mm-hmm. um, like dead languages into ways that people could read them and look at them. And obviously that's pretty problematic if you think about like if this one person is saying, oh, they understand and you don't. Mm-hmm. So Hierophant disrupts and amplifies power structures mm-hmm. and looks at hierarchy, looks at who we look to, looks at who looks to us. Yeah. Like, are we, are we responsible? Are we respectful? Are we? And so I think for water signs thinking about like, what have you, the word programming is a little heavy duty, but like, what have you been programmed to believe you owe people? Are there any places of hierarchy power dynamic in your life that don't feel supportive for you? Mm -hmm. And when we think about this idea of evolution, Hierophant is incredibly evolutionary, but I do feel like anytime I've gone through a major chapter, major season with Hierophant, it's always been like a massive and honestly quite activating uncoupling from an old dynamic that was plugged into me by my family of origin Mm. that isn't true for me. And I have to leap and move beyond that. So it feels to me like for water signs, this is a very important year of really undoing. Like I can, I feel like this is like the equivalent of moving into like very deep, like therapy, like really untying lots of knots because both of these cards are like Taurian Capricorn, like strong medicine, Mm -hmm. but it does involve like untethering the old thick rusted chains and curses to get there. Yeah. You know, yeah, putting like if we have these cards next to each other, they're they're kind of similar actually. They the are. cosmic sea goats kind of looking at you like a mentor, teacher figure. So actually for some water signs, especially knowing Saturn's in Pisces and you're getting this higher font energy, um the cosmic sea goat, it could be an invitation for you to actually step into the role of some sort of teacher or mentor or even you like getting training to be a doula or a therapist or something around those realms. Like it could be an invitation to you to step up to the plate of your higher gifts as someone who is deeply empathic and sensitive and emotional, Mm -hmm. or it could be having you working with another person who is also holding that space. And when I, I see, you know, the seventh house energy for the air signs and interpersonal for the earth signs. And so um, getting the cosmic seagull c- card for the water signs does actually feel like you could be the one that's holding space for people. Hundred percent. Um, so it's interesting invitations for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. I like it. Mm-mm-mm. So not so grave. Really beautiful. Yeah. Like it feels like a lot of earthy rootedness, but untethering a lot. It seems. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, do you want to talk about, we have one more poll to discuss. Do. Yeah. Um, which is, this is my terminal. This has not been previously discussed, but really we pulled, we pulled two cards, one from each deck for the collective. And I'm looking at them as like, 
the North Star card, like ultimately mm. kind of the the general kind of large, I've used North Star many times in this, but um, <laughs> for everybody, for yeah. just the collective, what we're moving toward, what we're working with, yeah. you know, the invitation of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so from the uh, Terror of the Holy Spectrum, we pulled Ace of Cups. Mm. And from Cosmic Cousins, we pulled Scorpio. It's Scorpio's esoteric phrase. Yeah. So each sign, each of the 12 signs has a card and then a esoteric card. So there's two cards for each sign. Oh, so word. this is the esoteric Scorpio's phrase. Esoteric phrase yes. And these esoteric phrases come from esoteric astrology, particularly Alice Bailey, mm-hmm. who wrote these phrases. But in my own practice and teachings, I have gleaned so much insight by meditating on these phrases. So I wanted to include them in this deck. Um, so why don't I share Scorpio's esoteric phrase? And I'll also, I feel called to just share with you what the image looks like, because the way that I've set this up is that the four elements are the four corners. And then in the middle is the year card. So this image particularly feels really powerful and actually pretty cool and badass for us in the middle um, because it's the only card where the figure and the deck is actually looking us in the face. Mm. All of the other cards, they're kind of like gazing off to the side or like gazing at each other. But this one is like, no, I'm here and I'm ready to kick ass. Like (laughs) has that kind of feeling. So I see um, a figure, a human, um, I think this deck is queer and non-binary, so it's just a non-binary human uh, walking towards us with their shirt off, and they're covered in tattoos, and they have cosmic pants on, and a cosmic like face paint on, and they're coming out of billowing purple smoke. Hell yes. And the phrase is, warrior am I, and from the battle I emerge triumphant. Hmm. This is Scorpio's esoteric phrase. So it feels like it's an integration of all of the parts that we've talked about. We've talked about Mars. There's a very Mars feel. Mars is the ruling traditional ruling planet for Scorpio. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have talked about, yes, collaboration with 7th House and interpersonal awareness, but the importance of the North Node of Fate and Aries and individuating. Yeah. And we've also talked about coming from like a remembering and a deep well of emotion in the past and moving forward with it in a productive way. So I'm feeling that coming out of this billowing smoke. It does make me think of the judgment card that we've pulled. Um, And whatever intensity or deepness or darkness you've been through in the last few years, there does feel like an opportunity to persevere or to continue forward. Yeah. I'll leave it at that for now. I think the Ace of Cups actually it makes this also a little bit more gentle or just like, yeah. it's still powerful. Cups and water are powerful. I'm not, not saying that, but I like it paired with the Ace of Cups. So I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with that. I think like this, it's interesting. It's kind of like a Scorpio-ish year, like yeah. vibes wise. Especially with Pluto moving signs. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Ace of Cups to me, is an invitation to love the self and to 
be willing to reparent and connect with the self in an unconditional way. One of the great gifts of the cups cards, if we really look at all of them, the whole flow from ace to 10, um, there's so much to be said. There's many different ways to look at, interpret, work with the cups, all of which are valid and beautiful. One of the deepest gifts that we're invited to sense into about the cups is giving ourselves the gift and the permission to take the time to feel what we feel. Yeah. And like, move through that process and and like if it takes time for us to move through something the cups help us to honor that we don't want to necessarily be rushing all the time there's not always opportunity in life to feel like we can take that time but when cups shows up it is a chance to do that um i think that many folks think of this as being an insurmountable challenge like how can we possibly like love, honor, acknowledge ourselves, like unconditional can feel completely out of reach. So it's just, I think, really about the willingness to consider embarking on a different relationship with ourselves. If we just even take the idea of like love out of it or unconditional out of it, which can feel, again, too insurmountable, too inaccessible, it's really just the question of like, can we drink of this cup and move into a different relationship with self. And I mean, Scorpio is constantly dying and rebirthing. If we think about like Scorpio's esoteric phrase being connected to its tarot cards, death and judgment, mm -hmm. it's really powerful to think about those paired with Ace of Cups. There really has to be a death of sorts to move mm -hmm. through the cup suit. Yep. There has to be a willingness for for some old pieces to die away mm -hmm. in order for us to go. And I think that there's something... Because I, I really do feel strongly that just as a tarot teacher that when we think about the idea of like moving through the aces, there's a very, very quick and close relationship to the twos around that. And the twos teach us a lot about what the ace sets us up to do. You know, and the two of cups really brings us into the space where it's asking us to befriend the parts of ourselves that are very potentially difficult to love. Mm -hmm. And so Ace of Cups, I think really, you know, it's interesting for the threshold I pulled for our collective cards of the year, 10 of swords and the sun reversed. And I feel like this is a different version of that. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know what I mean? The sense of like 10 of swords is very like Scorpio fool, like mm -hmm. adjacent to me. Yeah. It really kind of is a little leap. It is a new kind of way of thinking and mm -hmm. relating to our thoughts. And the sun is a brightening, a dawning, akin to an ace um, and is tender, is a softener. So I mm -hmm. feel like this, this makes me feel like, like the, the depth of this idea of, of feeling like 2024 is allowing us to pivot and shift understand things it's definitely mm -hmm. heralding a different cycle one that might offer us the opportunity to get a little perspective about the last few years because they've been pretty fucked yeah. um and just really allowing for this sturdy softness of the heart this emerging of like i'd like to relate to myself differently yeah like to begin and initiate a different relationship with self yeah i think it's possible this year really yeah. do yeah, there's a, it, 
there definitely feel two aces showed up in this spread. Mm-hmm. Definite feel of of some sort of new beginnings. Yeah, remembering the past, but actually not dwelling in the past. Yeah, and actually the future. When I look at this card, it doesn't feel like we know exactly mm-hmm. what's to come, but what we do know is that uh, you're you have um, this ability to keep moving forward, even if it doesn't feel like it at times, calling upon your inner strength, which is interesting in a strength here, um, to just keep showing up, um, that you are perseverant. Um, and Ace of Cups does make me think of having some sort of spiritual practice in your life that does keep your cup full and yeah. flowing. So this could just be a reminder for us of, what fills your cup up and how can you continue to uh, nourish yourself, whether it is something as simple as for me in my own life, it's actually like when I sit down to meditate for 10 minutes a day, it really does make a huge difference. Yeah. Um, And I'm able to make informed decisions in my life from a place that is not um, urgent or not, trying to bypass what I'm actually feeling. And so you said something about like actually feeling what's coming up for us. There is that emotional receptivity here, but it's still Scorpio. There's still Mars energy. It's still moving forward. Yeah. I feel like the vibe of this year is like 2020. I think you, I, many people knew it was going to be big. I don't know that we knew, I didn't know there was going to be a pandemic or anything like that, but I knew it was going to be enormous, like massive. I kind of knew 2021 and 2022 were going to be kind of draggy, not to like, like, and I knew that 2023 was going to be challenging. I knew it was going to be hard. This year, I have different feelings about. I feel like there's a lot of it that's still quite shrouded, and I think it'll be very interesting to review and reflect on this year next year, mm-hmm. you know, because it feels very multi-layered and yet very clear. I just think the experience of it will be very interesting. But it certainly it is the first year that I have felt since, like, in four years Um, plus that feels like a brightening rather than a continued obscuring, at least vibrationally. Yeah. Maybe not literally, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it does feel like there's something for better or worse, like the sun is dawning to a certain extent to me. Good. I mean, I don't know. Do you get that? I like hearing that. Um, for me, it feels like, like yes, no. yes, and if to me, it still feels a little unknown. Like I just, yeah, that's what I mentioned. Yeah, yeah, like it still feels unclear. Yeah, yeah. My God, this was lovely. Yeah, this was fun. Yeah, I, I love working with this deck in this way. This is like the first time I've done like a spread like this. It's beautiful, and um, pairing it with a tarot is really interesting and, and layered. Yeah. And I always just love hearing your perspective and yours too. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else we want to talk about or share? Mm. If you wanted to get this deck, there will be a second edition coming out this spring, but awesome. the first edition is already sold out. Sold out. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. What else? Where can people, maybe we'll both give our like, because we're cross-pollinating this episode. Yeah. Where can people find you? And yeah. Yeah. CosmicCousins.com or at Cosmic.Cousins on Instagram. That's pretty much my two main platforms right now. Um, I'd encourage you to sign up for the newsletter where I'm always offering new workshops and things like that. Um, I'm going to be doing a series on astrocartography this year. So if that's something that's of interest, you could keep an eye out for that. Mm-hmm. And then there's a few other uh, things in the works, a Black Moon Lilith workshop. And then uh, Lindsay and I have we been are. talking about teaming up together in the new year too. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. So I'm Lindsay Mack and you can find me at terrafothewildsoul.com. And uh, I'm never on Instagram, but I might be more this year. We'll see. <laughs> I said that last year too, and I did not post a single time <laughs> all year. Uh, I'm at Wild Soul Healing on there. Um, I'm the host of the Terror for the Wild Soul podcast. If you're listening to this uh, on Jeff's podcast, Jeff's podcast is Cosmic Cousins yeah. podcast. Um, I run many tarot courses through the year. So I'll be doing that, working on a collab with Jeff. And um, I have two live workshops coming up in January. One is Soul Tarot 101. So it offers folks a really nice ABC 123 and then some education on the way I teach tarot. Um, And then I'm doing another workshop the week after that called Tarot Anchoring, which is a practice I develop with the tarot that helps you to stay connected to your deck when you feel like you can't um, pull cards in your usual method for one reason or another, high degree of stress, difficult life season, whatever it might be. Um, So yeah, those are both happening. You can find them in the link in the show notes. And I think that's it. Yeah, happy Capricorn season. Happy Capricorn season. Happy solstice. And a uh, happy holidays. new year too, I guess. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Happy holidays. Happy new year. <laughs> I love you. I love you too. Yeah. Yay. This podcast was edited by Chase Voorhees podcast art by Rochelle Sartini Gardner. And this episode was transcribed by one of our absolutely brilliant and beautiful transcriptionists, all of which you can learn more about or read about on our website, terraforthewildsoul.com. If you wish to dive into more of my work, learn more about Soul Tarot, work with me in any kind of capacity, I'm always creating new things for us to do together. But you can find it all about our self-led courses and classes and new offerings on tarotforthewildsoul.com. And if you want to be the first to know about any new offerings, any new projects that I'm doing, if you want to benefit from discounts and early birds and all kinds of lovely newsletter-only offerings, you can sign up for the newsletter at the link in our show notes. And finally, if you have a question for me to answer at the podcast, or if you'd like to work with me um, live on the podcast, or if you'd like your question answered on the podcast, please click the link to Ask Lindsay and send me your cues. Thank you so much for being here.